0: (목소리도) 오세! Social Scoop podcast hosted by Kristen Bousquet of Your Social Mate, where we come to you every Tuesday with the scoop on what's happening in the world of social media. If you like what you hear today, we have an incredible mentorship program where we help creators monetize their influence that we'd love to chat with you about. So shoot us a DM. While you're here, we'd also love to hear your feedback. If you love this episode, leave our podcast a review. We also post a ton of social media tips on our social media profiles at Your Social Mate and at KBoosk. Hello, my friend and welcome to another episode of Social Scoop Podcast. We've been at this for almost two months now and I have to say these last two months have been so much fun and I'm so happy that I took the first step to start this podcast. I've gotten such a great, you know, review from you guys so far and I only can hope that more and more people will listen, find value get to hang out with me, and you know, we can all learn from each other here. Without further ado, let's dive into today's news. First things first is actually a little TikTok news, and I know a lot of you guys who listen to this podcast are really big into Instagram, but I talk so much about TikTok that I really hope you're starting to understand like the magnitude of what TikTok is is becoming and has become. So if you're not on TikTok yet, it is time. My friend, it is time to get on there. I promise it's not as scary as it seems. You literally just need to just do it. Get over your fears, go past them and just put yourself out there and I can promise even if it doesn't feel like it's worth it right off the bat, it will feel like it's worth it eventually. Your videos will start to pop off. You'll be able to meet so many new people, have so many more opportunities and really TikTok is just such a great tool for any small business owner or creator. So now that my TikTok rant is done, I do want to tell you about a little bit of news from them. So they just actually released this noise reducer. (laughs) They just released this noise reducer feature that I have actually used every single time on all of my videos since it has come out. So basically this feature there's a button when you are going into your editing section on TikTok. It's a button that literally just says noise reducer. When you hit that, any background noise will be seriously minimized, like almost completely gone. So, Basically, I first noticed just like how powerful this tool was. I was creating a TikTok of this coffee shop that I was at. And obviously at a coffee shop, you know, there's like a lot going on. You know, there's a lot of sounds and stuff. And I didn't want all of it in my video, but I wanted the like vibe of a coffee shop, you know, like the the cups clinking and the machines going. So I hit that noise reducer feature. And I mean, every shitty piece of noise that I didn't want in there was immediately gone. A lot of the times on Instagram, we get a new feature and we end up having to work through all the bugs and all of the annoyances before it's perfected. I really appreciate about TikTok is that they almost always release a feature when it's perfect. Like this feature could not be better. I really don't think they could have done it any better. So if you ever have any noisy videos or even like noise going on in the background of like your selfie style videos, seriously, just hit that noise reducer feature. It's so easy. Really, really useful. So thank you, TikTok. I'm very happy about that one. Second thing here is (laughs) probably the biggest piece of news. I mean, if you have not heard this piece of news yet, you've either been off social media for the last week or you, I don't know. I don't know, you really just would have had to bend off social media to see it because I feel like everyone has been talking about it on TikTok, on Instagram, literally everywhere. Instagram announced just last week that they are going to be coming back with a chronological feed option. Amazing news here. This is huge. I mean, I have some thoughts as usual. First thing that I think of with this when they said it, I was reading the article. Adam Misery actually like went to Senate and talked about this, and I didn't really read a lot about like why he was there. But from what I I know is that they basically wanted to have a conversation with Instagram based on like what social media is doing to our future. You know, our 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 generation in the future. Obviously, we know social media can be really harmful, so I think that this, you know, is the reason why he was really there. One thing that they talked about there was this chronological feed option, though, and so when he said option, I was like, all right, there we go, there we have it, that is the catch. I think that the option uh, is going to, first of all, be the option of do you want it or do you not. This is an option I did read confirmed you'll be able to turn on and off, so if you don't want chronological feed, you like it how it is now, it can stay that way. However, most people do prefer chronological feed, so you could just turn that option on. The other thing is I think it's going to be a different version from what they said. Like, they didn't say it was going to be exactly the same, so I do feel like there's going to be some sort of catch there where maybe it's chronological, but you know, like X, Y, and Z. And I haven't figured out the X, Y, and Z yet or really had any big thoughts, but I just feel like they would have been like, we're going back to chronological. And I, the way they worded it, it almost seems like there's something else that we don't know. And also maybe it's just because I have trust issues with Instagram (laughs) as we all probably do. And honestly should, (laughs) because it's very hard to trust them sometimes. So from what they said about the chronological feed, this will be something that is coming in 2022. I read in one article early 2022. I read in another one just in 2022. So honestly, we have no actual release date yet. However, I'm really excited for this, obviously. I was thinking about it the other day and I was thinking about how many people that I've had conversations with recently, especially saying that they are just sick of Instagram. They're ready to get off. Like they want to either move to TikTok or honestly just like stop doing Instagram. Like people are really almost at, you know, the end of their rope with Instagram. I I felt it quite a few times as I'm sure a lot of you listening and watching probably have. So, my thought was like, maybe they've been holding chronological, the feed option there for this moment when everyone is like, fuck Instagram, we hate you, we're leaving. And then they were like, but wait, we're bringing back chronological, you can't leave yet. And I mean, you know, from a business standpoint, that's actually really smart. However, it's sneaky and I don't know if I like it, but a lot of things Instagram does I don't like. But either way, this is a really cool feature. Obviously, we'll see what it looks like when it comes out, but fuck yeah, chronological feed. Second thing that Instagram is currently working on, this is not a confirmed update that's coming out yet, but it is something that's being tested. They're actually redoing the story sticker that has the questions. So it will be like the sticker where you can basically choose like A, B, C, or D. They're just changing it around a little bit. It'll basically show you the percentages of how many people clicked each thing. someone hits that. So, that's just kind of a cool little update. I don't know, not groundbreaking or anything, but, like, I think it's kind of cool. So, next thing that I am so pumped that they did on Instagram, and this is something I actually just got it yesterday. Andrew got it a few days before. They are now allowing you to filter through your notifications on Instagram. TikTok has done this, and I love that TikTok does it, and I always use it. Basically, like, on TikTok now, when you are in your notifications section, all the way at the top, you can just choose comments, likes, follows, whatever those options are. And I like to sort by comments so that I can just see comments and not all the other fluff and I can go in and respond to those comments. Instagram just implemented the exact same filtering system. So basically, you can go up to your filter on your notifications if you don't have it yet. I'm sure it's coming because I it took a few days, almost a week for me to get it after Andrew got it. I think it's just kind of random. You'll hit filter. Again, you can choose likes follows, comments. You can also choose verified accounts, which I thought was cool. One other way that I would say to use this that could be very helpful aside from just comments and being able to see like which comments are coming in so you can respond is for follows. I know for myself and a lot of my mentorship students, I talk about how important it is to go through the people who are following you and make sure they're real accounts, make sure they are in your target audience and they're not just like creepy dudes looking to look at your pictures, like, I don't know what all that sketchy stuff happens. I love to go through when people immediately follow me and I will look and be like, you don't belong here. Remove follower. You can leave. And so, this is a really easy way to filter through that. And so, I'm really excited about this. I have already used it so much in the last couple of days. So, if you don't already have this feature, you know, cross your fingers. I'm sure it's coming your way. Just give it some time as with everything else on Instagram. Another big piece of news here, you can now reply to a comment on your reels with a reel. So, a great situation as an example, if, for example, I did a fashion video and I was like wearing this really beautiful dress and someone said, oh, how would you wear that dress with a leather jacket or something or for fall? And then I could reply to that comment with a video of me showing how I styled it with a leather jacket for fall. So, it's a way to basically answer the questions that you're getting with video content And you know where this came from. Obviously, TikTok. TikTok does the exact same thing. You can reply to comments with a TikTok video. You know, Reels just followed suit. You know, now that I think about it, I wonder if TikTok, like, just gets super pissed or if they're just in their headquarters laughing like, haha, they can't come up with any of their own ideas. I really wonder (laughs) because I feel like if I were TikTok, I'd be like, can you fucking not? This is just getting annoying at this point. You know, like you first take it as a compliment and then you're like, "Okay, you're just doing exactly what I'm doing and it's annoying now. I wonder where TikTok stands on that. (laughs) <laughs> I would be really curious to know. <laughs> but yeah, so you can reply to a comment with a reel now. Honestly, I feel like I probably won't use this that much. I just don't feel like I have a lot of great opportunities for it. I mean, a lot of my reels are social media reels, so maybe if someone asked me a question about social media, I could go in and answer it that way. Um, And that could really be one of the few ways that I can see myself using it. But hey, use it however however you can and and See what happens. Good luck. Another thing that I noticed this morning is that when I was on Social Mate's page and I, you know, how you look at your own profile a thousand times a day. Maybe it's just me. I was looking at Social Mate's profile. I clicked on the reel that I had just posted, and when I clicked on that, showed me the reel full screen instead of just showing it to me like a profile post. So that was really interesting. And I remember not too long ago we talked about this, maybe a couple of weeks ago at this point, where Instagram is is going to be implementing a lot. A lot more full screen video. I was like, oh, maybe this is, like, kind of the first step in that. Honestly, it really didn't look that different, so don't, like, freak out or anything. If that's the big change that they're making, then, like, that's fine with me. We'll live. But, yeah, full screen Instagram reels. It was nice. You could see the whole video. I know sometimes when you look at it from the profile, you can only see, like, that portrait size of the reel and you can't see the top and the bottom, so a lot of people mess up with text, putting it up there where you can't read it. This is a way to combat that, so it could actually be really helpful, but we'll see. Just a couple weeks ago, I want to say at this point, maybe it was last week, I talked about Reels being posted just in the Reels tab, not to your Instagram feed. So, I recruited a ton of my mentorship students. I think there's like at least 10 of us now playing around with it and we have been experimenting for the last 7 to 10 days and I have some results that I wanted to share with you because it's actually really impressive. So, I'll tell you my personal experience first. So, what I did was I took my TikTok videos and downloaded them without the watermark. That's very important, without the watermark. And I posted them to the Reels tab. And when I did that, I posted them mostly at night because I did have a couple of days where I tried it during the day and they horribly. So, when I posted them at night, I noticed a lot better results and a lot of my mentorship students agreed with that. So, that was one big finding that we had that the nighttime reels that we posted just to the reels tab did perform a lot better. So, that's something to think about. Also, what I noticed was that when I use the collab feature they got a lot more views as well. So, what I was doing was I was using these social media reels and I was posting them to both my account KBoost as well as the SocialMate account and they would get a lot more views collectively. So, if you do have an account where you can use the collab feature, that would be great. What I did was I actually just like after a day or two, I removed SocialMate as a collaborator so that it wouldn't be on the SocialMate feed because I'm very particular about that how that looks and it was not going to look cute in there. But yeah, I just removed it after and it was it performed a lot better than most of the other reels that I posted. Another finding that we all collectively realize is that the interactions on them were bad guys like really bad because they don't go out to your followers. So like you have this really loyal I don't know a better word, fan base, following. You have this really loyal following who's not seeing the video. They're the people who typically are interacting with them. This is just going out to people on the Reels tab. Mostly people who don't know you don't follow you. So the interactions are mostly, you know, if trolls or people who like maybe have a question or have something to say but most of the people were kind of just watching and then they're scrolling to the next video so views were high but interactions were very 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 low now does this affect your engagement rate it does not so that's why I was kind of like I don't really care if I'm just going to the Reels tab like I would rather put this content out there to hopefully reach new people bring in new followers then uh, you know like not because I'm worried about my engagement rate thankfully because it was not going to the feed it did not count towards my engagement rate so definitely something to think about if you're a little nervous that's something that we tested and it did not affect it for majority of us so another thing here that we kind of found out was just how much new people it brought in and how much reach it brought in. I want to read you a couple of different statistics from two of my mentorship students who tracked their stats from day 1 until after we were kind of finished with the first week here. So, one of my girls, Megan, she did this experiment with us. In one week, she had followers increase by 9, which I know isn't like a huge number. However, like, nine solid followers in a week is really fair. Like, don't feel like you need to be gaining hundreds and hundreds of followers. It's just not realistic. Nine followers in a week, I would say, is, like, a pretty good week. So, that I was happy with. Her engagement rate rate increased by 0.2. So, her people, while this doesn't, While the reels don't affect the engagement, what was happening was that people were coming to her page and more people were interacting with her posts, not just the reels. So, she did have an engagement rate increase as well. Her reach increased by 4,400, so she had a lot more people coming onto her content, and then her reels interactions increased by 764, so she did get pretty good interaction on at least a few of her videos to have it increased by 764. So, that was Megan's results from one week of just posting them to the Reels tab. And she did say that she did this daily. So, that was a full seven days of posting them. Another one of my students, Paula, had some crazy results. So, she is someone who she didn't post a ton of Reels before. So, obviously take that into consideration. She posted several reels not to her feed in this week and she had 412 new followers come to her page in one week and I was like, holy shit, that is insane. So that's huge. And I will say one other thing to note, when you have an influx like that, 400 followers in one week, It's very hard to go through and say, like, you know, how I was saying before, you know, you don't really belong here, you can leave, or like, you're a creepy dude, you can leave. It's very hard to go through 400 new people, but I would just say, like, start to monitor who's newly interacting and then who's not. You can always go through later and start to kind of get rid of some people that maybe don't need to be there. But 412 followers in a week, her engagement rate (laughs) went up 936%. She had one video where I think it hit like 2 million views, 1 million or 2 million views. So one of her reels popped off and her engagement rate went up like crazy. Her account reached was plus 1.6 million. So 1.6 million higher than it was previously. So, I mean, she had some really great results, obviously. So, you know, everyone that I did this experiment with had mixed results, but I will say a majority of them had at least a few videos that got a lot higher views than their typical reels did. Not everyone gained a bunch of followers, not everyone, you know, like had these super, super crazy results, but majority of people had a very high performing reel compared to how their reels typically perform. So definitely something to kind of play around with here. I hope that this was really helpful for you. We always love doing these little experiments to kind of like figure out what works and what doesn't. And I love to share it here with you. However, one thing I will say, shameless plug, our mentorship program, We do cool stuff like this all the time. Also, next year on January 1st, the program is almost doubling in price. We were just offering way too much for way too low of a price, especially compared to our competitors and how much time and energy and effort that I put into this program. So the price is going up quite a bit. So if you're interested in the mentorship program and you've been considering it, Now is the time from now until the end of the year. You get it for $5.97 or you can do a payment plan of $165 a month or next year it's going to almost, it's doubling. (laughs) It is doubling. So yeah, shameless plug. There you go. If you guys have any questions, let me know. But if not, I'm going to get right into our guest for today who is Lauren of Feminist Goods Co. She is based here in Charlotte and she's fucking awesome. She's amazing. You guys are going to love her. I say that every single week because I only bring on the coolest people. <laughs> and here's Lauren. All right, everyone. So I am here today with Lauren of Feminist Goods Co. And I am so excited. It's funny because this is actually our first time quote unquote, meeting because we've talked a ton on social media and I can't believe we live in the same city and literally still have not met in person. <laughs> It It really is. I feel like I do that with a lot of people on the internet. I'm like, yeah, my, all my friends and everything. But then when it comes time to actually meet, I'm like, wait, I have to leave my house. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. (laughs) Your house is a huge commitment. (laughs) It honestly is. It really is. So for anyone who doesn't know you or doesn't know about your business, I would love to hear just a little bit about, you know, you and your business and also how you got started.
1: Yeah. So I'm Lauren. I own and run Feminist Goods Co. I started out writing really mostly. So probably about five years ago, I was freelancing for a bunch of different publications and really found myself talking about the same things, which was, you know, how to build a life that you're actually happy with and things like creating healthy relationships, like feeling good in your career, kind of stuff like that. And I felt like I wrote that story so many times that I kind of ran out of different ways to tell it. And I thought like, how can I make things that will help people do this? Like in actuality, so what can I make that somebody can pick up and drink coffee out of in the morning or hang on their wall or where that's going to make them, you know, feel supported and feel like encouraged and yeah, feel like themselves. So yeah. that's really where it all started. And it's been almost five years in business, which is crazy. Time flies. It really does. It'll be yeah. Five years in April. So yeah. So that's about me. I am a that's writer amazing. and product maker.
0: So it's, it's funny. I totally never knew that you started off as a writer. So what are some of the publications you used to write? for? I wrote a bunch for like elite daily HuffPost red book, you
1: know, sort of in that niche. So it was like lifestyle for twenty yeah. things. And I, at the same time, I had a website that no longer exists, but it was called 20 something living. And I had a team of 40 writers writing. Oh my God. Yeah. So we made a bunch of content basically targeted to, you know, women in their twenties and thirties, you know, working on yeah. their themselves. So it's, it's a full picture. It all comes together.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, so, I mean, first of all, I'm not sure if I ever had this conversation with you, but I also used to work in digital media. So I used to write for a style caster and Brit co and total nice. beauty. So I'm really surprised that we never like cross paths there, but it's funny that you have like this whole like past life of business and it's, you do something so similar now, but it's so different at the same time. So (laughs) when you were getting into like actual product, I mean, that's a big change from writing. So how did you like even realize that the product that you actually make, you know, from scratch, how did you even figure out how to start and make all of that stuff? And then I'm sure you also have products where you had to kind of like source different Things that you customize. How did that whole process go for you? Because I feel like that's a very confusing and overwhelming process. I
1: honestly, I just figured it out. I have always been driven (laughs) by like words and phrases, which I think is pretty obvious from the stuff that I make. So that's for me where everything starts is like, what is the phrase going to be? And what is the intention? And then what is a physical object that can help you realize that. So when I first started, I started just with enamel pins. Cause it was like at the height of the enamel pin, yep. like craze. And I basically did a ton of Googling, talked to everyone that I knew that had ever made anything and was like, help oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and giant shout out to Rebecca Henders. She used to run weird empire and is like a creative genius and just all around amazing human being. And she really helped me when I was like starting out and was like, I would say, I don't know how to do this. Like, how do I do it? And she went yeah. me in the right direction. And I think that is so useful and so kind and like for anybody that wants to make anything like finding people that you can turn to and ask yeah. for help. Is yeah. I mean,
0: that's so true, especially with pins. I don't know if you know, Andrew also makes pins. That's like what he yeah. does uh, full time. So he's like deep in the pin world. And I remember when he was first getting started, he did the same thing. He was like, I have literally no clue how to make a pin. Like where do, where would I even go? And I know he was like deep in Alibaba and that's where he still gets all of his stuff manufactured. He has a manufacturer that he found there, but it was definitely like a lot of trial and error for him as I'm sure it was for you too. Like he had so many products that he would get and then, you know, there would, the quality would suck and he wasted a ton of money and then would have to get it remade somewhere else. And then he finally found manufacturers to count on, but it was a process. Yeah, it
1: definitely is. I still, I mean, I still have stuff like that happen. Like I I switched probably, I don't know, eight months ago, how I do mugs because I had probably like a total of 400 mugs show up that were unsaleable. No. Um, and you know, the company that I was working with at the time was actually really kind about it. Like I just emailed them and sent pictures and I was like, Hey, these like this initial batch of a hundred showed up and they're like really messed up. Can you yeah. send me more? And they did, but it just kept happening. Like it was this, it was a different problem, but it was like every batch that I got was just like, I was like, yeah. I can't, like, I wouldn't give this to someone for free. So <laughs> um, it's definitely a journey finding the like great people to work with. And I think, you know, even sometimes when you do, that can change and that's fine. You just right. got to figure it out.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so much with product-based businesses. I feel like there's just so much trial and error. You can't avoid it, but yeah. definitely having someone to reach out to. I know even me, when I first made the planner, I had, again, I was looking for a manufacturer. I reached out to so many people locally and for what I wanted, they, you know, local companies were wanting to charge me like $45, my cost for a planner. And I was like, what am I going to sell it for $70? Let's you know, it was, it was, it was hard.
1: (laughs) It's so hard. Sometimes I think about that. Like I like physically make a lot of what I sell and a big reason for that is that it helps me control cost. And this is probably not a great business practice. So don't take this away. But I think about, I'm a person that likes to buy things and I am not afraid to spend money on something that I know I'm going to like, or that I really want. And so sometimes I think about like, if I'm making this, am I going to buy it? Yep. And if the answer is no, then we have a huge problem. (laughs)
0: yeah exactly well I mean most of the time I feel like with so many people's businesses like I know even for me with what I do on Instagram like my target audience is so similar to me you know Mm because like I'm telling I'm telling them everything that I like and same with your business you're like look at all this cute stuff I love I made it you should get it too like you really do have to love it or else your people obviously aren't either and then you're getting stuck with a bunch of crap that you're like not gonna be able to do anything with
1: and I've like, I've forced like designs, you know, over the years where I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's almost, I don't know if you feel this way. I'm sure you did with this planner, but it's like you can version something 500 times and like all 500 of them can be fine, but you don't love any of them. Yeah. And then sometimes it gets to a point, like I used to be really bad about this. I'd be like, I have to release like a fall line and I have to release it, you know, for the start of fall. And right. so I would pick something that, I would think like, it's really close. It's really close. This is probably something that I'm the only person that would care about. And then it's like, yeah, it doesn't do as well as other things because you forced it. So I think that's been like huge learning for me is there is no timeline that you have to produce on and there's no number of products that you have to release a season to have it be successful. And it's just taking the time to make sure it's perfect.
0: Yeah, I Sounds agree, so and,
1: simple, but it's not, it,
0: it's <laughs> exactly, I think it's hard because sometimes there's a fine line of, like you said, is it something that just you are going to notice and you're being just like a crazy perfectionist about, or, you know, is it, is it really fine? I know even the pressure of like you as a business. And again, even thinking about what I do as a content creator, like with holiday stuff, you're saying, Oh my gosh, do I have to, I feel like I have to release something for fall. Let me just put something together. And you know, even if it's not perfect, I feel like I have to put it out. That's sometimes how I feel too about content. Like I see all these other creators taking like holiday photos and stuff. And I'm like, Oh shit, I've got to get my Christmas tree up and hurry up. My god, The comparison. It's hard. (laughs) It's It's hard. hard. I mean, So do you, you deal with that? Like even as a business owner, you would say?
1: Oh, definitely. I think, I mean, first of all, let me just say, I love everything you put out. I think it is perfect. (laughs) So, but I mean, I think, I think anybody that does anything in a creative capacity. So like whether that's producing a product or like being an influencer and sharing things that people like love or need to learn about, or you think they'll like, I think, I think everybody has that. I, Mm -hmm. I think we all look around at other people and say, oh, they're doing that better than I am, or I'm behind what they're doing. And we talk about all the time, this culture of don't rush yourself and let yourself be who you are and stop feeling like imposter syndrome and stop comparing yourself to people. But I mean, like the fact of the matter is that we live in an age where so many things happen on the internet and we're over indexing on what everybody else is doing all of the time. And it's so difficult to not just get wrapped up in that and think, you know, oh my God, this brand put out a collection of 50 new products. Why do I only have three things that are ready to launch? And right. the answer can be like, yeah, well, you're a team of one person and they're a team of a hundred people. So like, how many products do you think you can make? Right. Uh, and I'm sure the same thing goes like for creating content, like you are a person you can only create so much content. Right especially yeah, when it's like fresh and creative. I mean, like you just have to yeah. have the brain space to make it.
0: And that's the hardest part. Cause I feel like so much time, my brain power goes to like reading contracts and answering emails and all of that. And then by the time I'm done with all the admin stuff, I'm like, Oh shit, I have to be creative. Like my brain <laughs> doesn't have anything left in it today. And like, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Sometimes I try and have like these are my like admin days. And then these are my like creative days where I try not to even get on the computer because I feel like I can't mix the two too much. Cause they both really do take so much capacity.
1: <laughs> yeah. I totally agree with that. I, I mean, I handle my like same kind of stuff like admin and like shipping and all that kind of stuff, like on different days. And I handle, you know, copywriting or thinking about new phrases and like testing right. products because I mean, they're not like technically different parts of your brain, but they feel like
0: they (laughs) They do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they definitely do. So when you first got started, I am curious to know, so I know, like I'm thinking about Andrew with his pins. His first year that he was in business, I think he ended up like being in the negatives. You know, like he was just building his community, just building his customer base. And obviously that takes time. But again, I think it's one of those comparison things where you see businesses, they post three videos on TikTok and now they're making a hundred thousand dollars in sales. And you're like, but what about little me? You know, what did your first year of business looked like? Was it as successful as you thought it was going to be or, you know, like, were you kind of struck with, Oh shit, this isn't going to be as easy as I th- thought it was going to. So I, th-
1: I think the thing that has benefited me is that my ex, I have no expectations. And when I started, I really had absolutely no expectations of how it was going to go. I just like knew that I wanted to try it. Yeah. And that essentially made the first year a success. So the first year I only made pens and I came out like in the green, but not by much at all. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, so incredibly stoked that I had like concepted them and figured out a way to make them. And that like right. a handful of people bought them and loved them. And so I think, you know, having, having less expectations really helped me in the, in the upfront. And then also just having like people that rallied around me like i was talking to my best friend from high school actually we met in 5th grade orchestra but oh. talking to her last night just about about pictures and we have you know all these pictures from when i first launched pins that she was helping me take in the yard in front of my apartment and it's just funny to look back and be like i had no idea what product photography like was or should be and it didn't hold us back at all because I was like, and I was like, Hey, I finally like these pins are actually here and they look good enough to sell and we need to take some pictures. So let's like go stick one in a fountain.
0: That's just how it goes though. Like it's, it's (laughs) trial and error. That whole first year, I'm sure you just learned so much. Like you must've been just soaking up information every day. Everything, you know, was a learning experience. And I feel like even after the first year, like you're probably still learning today, all these different things that, you know, if you knew them when you first started, you would have been like, you know, (laughs) maybe in a different position, but it's hard to learn everything before you start. I think you have to learn as you go.
1: Yeah. I, I I totally agree. I mean, I, every time I make something new, I learn at least 500 new things. (laughs) But really, I, I recently launched some candles, some booty candles, and it was my first time making candles like when I decided that I was going to make these. Which yeah. is also very me to be like, oh, I'm going to do that. Let me just go backwards and learn how. And so now I'm like, oh, well, if I knew that, you know, that these were going to sell so well, I would have bought a bigger wax melter, right? But now I have five pound wax melter, which basically just means that I have to stand in the garage and refill yeah. the all the time, which is fine. But yeah, I mean, I think there's things like, you know, truly I learn 500 new things every time I launch a product. And even when they're already launched, I still learn things like for in the like spring and summer, my best sellers usually are baseball hats. And this year I like, I did a new version and I was shipping them and it was like, oh, you know, I know what box size I need to use for these so they you know, arrived like protected and not crumpled up and everything. Got the boxes in, I was like so excited to like mail out these like beautiful packages with these like Uh-oh. tissue paper and branded and all yeah. this stuff. And then put them in there and I was like, why are these hats too big for this box? Oh. And it was because I had reworked the hat, but I like oh. hadn't thought through the, the like impact to the box because I just like assumed, you know, baseball hats, like they're gonna fit yeah. this box. And you're like, nope.
0: So now I know. <laughs> Yeah, again, but that's one of those things, like you're one person, you're like, if you had a team who was like, okay, you know, shipping and logistics team, they would have been like, Lauren, you need this size box. But like, you know, you're only one person. That's stuff that like, you know, you again, just have to figure out as you go, because sometimes you can't think of everything as it's happening. Because again, like we said, you're doing all this admin work, you're doing the creative stuff, you're doing shipping, like there's a lot of tasks to get done. So it's hard to think of everything. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: So no I just try to take take that burden off of myself. I'm like, you're gonna you're gonna fuck it up. You're gonna do that yeah. sometimes, and I'm like, that's fine. And right. like, what the boxes? Was it unfortunate that I had a couple hundred boxes that were the wrong size for everything?
0: Yes, but
1: did it like in the universe? No, it was fine.
0: Right, you figure <laughs> it out. Yeah, you learn as you go. Exactly. So was there a point when you realized that social media was like really helping your business? I mean. I guess I'd love to hear about social media and your business and like how the two have worked together.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, honestly, I think they're hand in hand, right? Because it's, it's similar to what you were talking about. Like your like, my audience is people that identify with things that I identify with. Right. And so when I'm out there talking about whatever it is, the audience that I'm generating and like interacting with, is my customers and yeah, not every customer that I have is on social, but a huge amount of my traffic comes like directly from Instagram. And it's easy to identify spikes to like where I introduce something new, or I like talk about like the reasons that I made something. And then you can sort of see that traffic, like come over to those products, which I think is really interesting. So, I mean, I think like social is a core component to business. And I think, you know, Particularly now, that's not going to change. And right. being on like new platforms, like I, you know, I joined TikTok and I was like, "Oh, this is so easy. Let me just like whip out some videos." And then I was like, "Oh wait, this is actually really difficult." As somebody who like hates being on camera, which is something oh yeah, I recently realized about myself, I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay, this is going to be a whole thing that we like have to actually try." But yeah, I mean, I love social. I work in social also for my like job job. So. Right. You know, social is an essential component. And I love the people that I get to interact with there.
0: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. No. And I, I agree. I think at this point, if you're going to run any sort of business, I feel like you have to be on at least like Instagram, maybe Facebook, TikTok. I think people are like slowly understanding the power of it, but I don't think that TikTok is the most relevant for every business I think you have to have a certain kind of business for it to really work so with Instagram and TikTok and everything like that aside from again all the other stuff that you have to do to run your business how do you manage social media do you have maybe like a a schedule of okay I like to post this many times per week or you know do you have any I guess logistics behind social media that work yes and no (laughs) Yeah,
1: I I try. So I used to be very rigid about it. Like I was like, you need to post seven days a week and you need to be insightful all the time. And every post has to be, you know, like picture perfect, whatever. And I think like, that's just not true. And that's not realistic. And yep. Actually, you're one of the people that I learned a lot about this from, but I think giving yourself the freedom to like post when things are important or make sense, or you actually have something to say is far more impactful than posting seven times a week.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, So I think like right now, I probably post like maybe three or four times a week, but I don't like hold myself to a specific cadence. And I did the same thing, like with topics, like I don't know, like two or three years ago, I was like, let me write down the seven topics that I like really want to talk about. But I want to talk about 500 different topics.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) It's hard to limit yourself, exactly. (laughs) So
1: I found it really limiting. And then I like started to feel super boxed in by like, I can only talk about this handful of things. And I think the reality is that like human beings on social and like your community and audience, like they care about, my audience cares about me. Like they, they like what I make, but they like what I make because of the connection to me and like the connection between all of us and like what we care about. And so all of that to say, like now I pretty much post and talk about what I feel in the moment. And if I don't post, I just don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like you touched on so many important things right there. I know in terms of frequency, that's something that I think a lot of people don't really understand that you don't actually need to post seven days a week, you know, especially when I think it was maybe like three or four months ago, Instagram came out with this thing and they were like, you should post seven reels a week, five to seven in feed posts, 5 million Instagram stories. And everyone is just like, excuse me, like who, who's going to create all this content for me? No one has time for this. And that made so many people, you know, feel like, okay, well, I, here's what I need to do in order to be successful. And you're so right. That's not really how it works at all. I know for, for me, I used to have a pretty strict schedule for myself where I'd post Monday through Friday at noon. And I always was like, you know, having a little bit of trouble with what the hell am I going to talk about? Because five posts per week. It really is a lot when you want to actually have value to everything you're saying. And I started to post three times a week, a couple months ago. And it's just been such a game changer because I feel like my posts are so much more impactful. Like they have, I'm able to like take a little more time to think about what I'm going to say and, you know, get it, get it written how I want to, instead of being like, oh shit, I have to hurry up and get five posts together. And it really, it hasn't changed in any sort of negative way because I'm posting less. If anything, I actually feel like it's been better because I think people have more time to catch that newest post before you post another thing the next day. So sometimes that, that time to kind of like let the post have its moment to shine, I think really does actually help more people actually see it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think too, like something that doesn't, maybe not doesn't get talked about, but it's like before we worry about, oh, let me attain new followers and let me like grow, grow, grow. It's like being a good steward to the people that you already have and making sure that you are actually engaging with them. And you know, i am bad about this, but I try to look, I try to check DMs like a couple times throughout the day. So I can like right. actually talk to people because if I'm just like forcing myself to post every day, even when I don't feel like it, then like, I don't have the capacity to be a person to people. Yeah. And for me, like that is more important. Like I, my whole like spiel life business is about connection and like, powering and fueling people. And if I can't do that with the people that are already with me, then I don't have any business doing that with anyone else.
0: Yeah. That's, it's a good mindset to be in because I think maybe less now, but I know like last year, years before that, everyone was like, I need to gain followers. I need to gain followers. Like it was all about that follower number. And I think people are starting to realize more and more now that it really is so much more about the community. And, you know, even with, Uh, from an influencer standpoint, working with brands, like brands are looking less at the follower number and more, do they actually have an audience that gives a shit what they have to say? Cause again, like if you don't, what do you have? You have a number that says you have this many followers, but like, it's not actually doing anything for you.
1: Yeah. And I think so much of that too, is it's interesting to think about how that's based on like the capabilities that tools allow you at different numbers. So, you know, like the 10,000 mark for being able to add a swipe up versus now and just add a link. I think some of those sort of like arbitrary technology limitations to sort of fuel that and be yeah. happy to see that like sort of lessening over time instead of becoming more. Right.
0: Yeah. I think, I think it will be as time goes on. I think people will care less and less about follower number, which makes me really happy because I feel like it's been harder than ever to grow on social media. I've actually just kind of given up on growth and I'm more just like, you know, I'm happy with where I'm at. I just need to like you know, spend time with the audience that I already have. And, you know, I'm, I still have brand deals coming in and everything like that. So I, I've been so much less focused on actually growing and it really is such a, like a freeing feeling. Cause you're like, mm-hmm. it's, it's less of a rat race, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, yeah, I would echo that same thing. Like I've been <laughs> basically at the same number now for six, eight months. Yeah. And I mean, It's just, there are so many things that are worth stressing over in life. And that's not one of them. Yeah,
0: exactly. Bottom of the (laughs) list. Exactly. So, okay. I would love to talk a little bit about the products that you create, because one thing I really appreciate about you is like, I can tell from, you know, watching your videos on stories of seeing your posts and everything that you're a very like. I don't know how to word it. Like you're strong and opinionated and you just really don't give a fuck what anyone has to say. If they don't like your opinion, you're just like, cool, you can leave then. I remember you had, uh, I think it was like maybe late last year, you had like some, some Karen situation and who like emailed you Mm -hmm. and didn't like your products and this and that. And I remember you just being like, okay, what about it? And so I love that you are very vocal about things that you're passionate about. And I I guess my question for you with all of that being said is how did you get to the point where I'm sure, I'm sure your internet hate sometimes still gets you. You're a human at the end of the day, but I feel like you're very strong when it comes to all the shit you must get. Cause you talk about a lot of controversial things, which you should. So how do you build yourself to be so strong against internet hate?
1: Oh my God. I just, I just don't care.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think think it's just.
1: I think it's my personality, right? Like I have always, even like way before I wrote or made anything or was anybody on the internet, like I give a lot of fucks and I give them about like fairly specific topics that can be controversial. And I don't think that the controversial nature of them means that I should talk about them any less. And if you don't like it, then you can feel free to leave. And I... I also have a family of like very strong, smart, passionate women. They do like badass shit. And I, think I love that. That is a big part of it. Like I have one of my aunts is a human rights lawyer and like her, she did the hunger strike on the front steps of a government building and sued a president and like oh my gosh. her own case in front of the Supreme court. And like, is just a complete fucking badass. And Does she want to adopt me. I know. I'm like, can I just come live with you? <laughs> It's fine, it's fine. I just need to soak in the inspiration. <laughs> I mean, that's
0: amazing, bro. That's really cool then, to be able to watch, you know. Yeah. And then my mom
1: um, is a physician and is absolutely brilliant and is like a huge steward for the addiction community and like helping people find their way out of it and like supporting families. And like that's incredible and amazing and important work. And so I have right. all these role models around me in my family and like in my friend group who like I feel like I look at them and I say, you're actually out there doing the real work that needs to be done. So at least I can fucking do is talk about it.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> so sometimes, I mean, like
1: sometimes that's what I think, like probably a year or two ago, I was like, should I be making product when I could be like becoming a lawyer and actually helping people because what helps people more a, a coffee mug or a lawyer? Right. You never like, know.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, the no, coffee mug just, uh, could be the
0: inspiration for the person who, you know, is going to be out there doing the thing. So you never yeah, know. You yeah. could, I mean, be really like one or the other, <laughs> but I think
1: that's a big, a big driver for me is like, there is so much work to be done and yeah. there's so many opportunities. And I think we get burned out on like the news and like what's happening and sort of to what we were talking right. about earlier, like with so many problems, you can like over-index on so many emotions and just become burned out. And I think that it's really important that we don't do that about, particularly for me, like women-related issues. And I want to do the best that I can do to create conversation and make sure that it's not going unnoticed. Not that you could ever unnotice any of this stuff <laughs> it's like in your face all the time, but I've had so many conversations with people that have found me on social. And who want to like talk about it or learn about it or don't have anyone that they can turn to, to talk about, you know, Supreme court issues and like, right. like abortion and things like that. They just don't like have anywhere to turn. Yeah. I do not want that to be the case. And so right, if exactly, can, like, be a small part of making a difference in that, then like, I'm down to do it. And I don't really care if you don't like me.
0: Yeah. And I, <laughs> I mean, I love, I love that mentality because like. At the end of the day, I think there are so many, I mean, whether you're a business owner or again, influencers, content creators, whatever, who have this platform, whatever it may be. And they're afraid to talk about things like that. Cause they're like, Oh, I don't want to lose followers or I don't want to lose customers. But you know, at the end of the day, I think it's important that you're talking about all of these different things. Cause if no one's talking about them, then, you know, how is anything ever going to change? So I think it's ballsy and I wish other people had the balls too, to be like, you know what? I'm going to talk about things that I'm passionate about, whether they are controversial and I'm going to lose followers or not, you know? Yeah. And
1: I, I mean, like I did lose followers when I released like my fuck Trump earrings, which I was like, why were you here in the first place? You know, (laughs)
0: like
1: I, I did lose followers over that and get hate mail over that. And you know what? That's fine. Invite you to send me a hate mail so I can hit the delete button and continue. (laughs) Yeah. I think-
0: it's just, it's worth it. It's just worth it. Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So you have been, I mean, your products, I feel like have been featured in so many different places, refinery, 29, Tico, <laughs> buzzfeed, all of these different places. So how is that stuff that kind of just like organically happened? Or do you think that you having, you know, these contacts in, in the digital media industry was, was helpful or, you know, I guess someone who's in your position and has a product-based business, like how can they get their stuff into those places?
1: Yeah. It did not just happen.
0: So I, (laughs) uh, I
1: started, no, not yet, not in any sort of negative way, but I feel like that's something that like, I know a lot of people kind of like think And people with businesses, it's, it's if you sit back and crank on it and do the work and put out the product and do your thing, eventually it will happen. And yeah, it could, but probably it won't. So, you know, like everything else it takes work and, I think I had a leg up because I started my career in public relations. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. So
0: you were like writing, you know, press releases all day, I'm sure. Yeah. So <laughs> I
1: I used to do my first job was high tech PR. So I like wrote a ton of press releases. I did a bunch of executive ghostwriting. I, you know, like pitched media all the time. I posted yeah. like, media trainings, all that kind of stuff. And so I, was fully equipped to be my own PR person, right. essentially. And I think that's not something that I did for the first couple of years because you just have so much to do. It's like, I don't even know
0: how you can <laughs> That's do last on the list.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, like probably a year or two ago, I was like, okay, so if I want this to grow, I'm going to need, I'm going to need to do that. And I'm going right. to need to show up in places where my audience isn't. And so I started like doing my own pitching essentially. And then I've been really, really lucky that I have connected with a few journalists over the years who I've been able to build good relationships with. That has, has helped me and I'm super appreciative of being included in like articles that they're writing. And I think something that I would encourage other business owners to do is like, when you're pitching, be specific. Do not go out and send the same email to 15 people at one publication because they will hate you. you won't get any coverage. (laughs) So it's really about becoming a fan of journalists who are writing in your space and then figuring out like how you can help them tell the stories that they want to tell. And then presenting that in a way that isn't in like a way that is encouraging and is easy.
0: Yeah. And And is servicing them, you know, like you're there to be like, how can I help you not? Hey, get my product in this. Exactly.
1: I think, and that really is to the point of being a fan and understanding like what they write and how they write it and what they want to talk about and not just peppering them with, oh my God, I released this new thing. Please include it in your stuff. But being like, Hey, I noticed that you're, you know, I noticed that you've written 15 roundups of gifting pieces for Christmas. If you're writing another one, I think this could be a good topic or this could be a good product. And you know, I'm happy to do whatever you need to make it easy. Yeah. Um, so,
0: and that's yeah. the same with relationships. Really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's so interesting to hear you say that, how that like whole process worked for you, because it's so similar for, you know, influencers, content creators who are pitching to brands, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't just copy and paste the same exact pitch to 50 different brands. You know, you have to really like put in the time and energy and effort to, Really learn who those brands are. Do they have new products, new technologies, new initiatives, anything like that? Show them that you're paying attention and that you literally know what's going on with them and you give a shit instead of just, Hey, I like this product. I'd like for you to send it to me. Can you also pay me? Okay, bye. That's not going to get you anywhere. And I'm sure it's the same with, with pitching to, you know, any digital media outlet. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Uh, Yep. hundred
1: percent. And I think that's something that like, I, compliment time. I think that's something that you do very well because I noticed that, well, I noticed that the things that you talk about, like, like partnerships or promoted posts that you do, I have not seen like a single one that I felt was not on brand for you. So I think it's selective on both ends, right? Like you can't just say like, I have to get press and I don't care where it is. And I don't, you know, and just go super broad. Like, I think it really pays to be like very specific.
0: Selective. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tell the universe what you want, but be specific about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean that I completely agree. So also one thing I wanted to talk about, I think this is probably one of the highlights of your business. I know if it were me, it would be. So I want to hear about how your collaboration with Madewell came about, because I feel like if that were me, I probably would have spent a whole day screaming of just excitement (laughs) that it was happening. And then I would need some time to just be like, holy shit, is this real? So I would love to hear how that partnership came about and you know what it looks like for you now.
1: Yeah, I am. So this was, I guess uh, more than a year ago now I had set like one of my goals for the year. I was like, I want to think about larger store partnerships and like what that could look like for me. Cause I had been building like a wholesale business and yeah. um, and was in a lot of a lot of smaller stores, which is amazing. And I'm super thankful for them. But I was like, what can I do that is going to be on like a national scale, essentially. So I have always been a huge fan of Madewell. One of my friends from my earlier, my like first life in Portland, uh, sent me an email when it launched and she was like, how amazing is it that we used to walk down to Madewell in the city center, like every weekend to just look at the beautiful things. Now you can buy your things there. That's
0: it's crazy. And I
1: was like, it really, truly is. But I, um, so I, I knew that I loved Madewell and I like believe in what they're doing and I, like would never buy another pair of jeans ever from anywhere else. So (laughs) that was like pretty obvious to me as a place to start. And then I just did research on like, how do they bring in new brands? What opportunities exist? And when I was looking, um, they had just rolled out this hometown heroes program that you could apply for. Um, so I can't remember what exactly the application entailed, but it was like essays and product and like reasons for being, and like how it connects to their audience and all that kind of what you would expect it to be. And it was a partnership with this group Nest, and Nest is focused on small businesses and makers globally. And so when I applied for it, it was like an application basically for their partnership program, which is, and I got in and I really didn't think I was going to. I did not even consider that like it was gonna happen. Like I was like, oh, I put this on my vision board for the year, like better send in an application. So I like, feel like I did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I got in, I was like, oh my God. And, yeah. And, like, Q absolute catastrophic panic about having enough stuff. Oh yeah. That's a good point too. <laughs> yeah. I posted the other day, this video of like my last black Friday packing experience and it's just like bonkers. Like I was sitting in like a closet in my office, literally surrounded by like 400 boxes. Um, <laughs> and that was like, cause I onboarded to Madewell immediately before holiday.
0: No. So oh my like,
1: gosh. Yeah. So it was a little like panic, very panic, much panic, but I just, it really honestly still feels surreal to me. Like when I get orders from them, because I just, I love their brand so much and their store so much. And I'm like, how on earth is it even conceivable that I'm like part of this? And that not only am I part of it, but like I onboarded for the hometown heroes program and then they invited me to stay on as, as a seller afterward. So that's like a six month ish program. So now I've been part of Madewell or on Madewell for about a year, a little bit more than a year. And I've got to like refresh my
0: offerings with them a couple of times. And I feel like it's just amazing. No, I mean, it's, I want to hear all the details because I, it just feels like one of those things when you're a small business owner, you just feel like it's like you and your little business and you got your people, but it never feels, I mean, at least for me, maybe, maybe other people feel differently, but I've never felt like my planner would be in Madewell, you know, like that's. Again, like maybe somewhere down the road if it like happened to blow up or something, but it's just got to be the coolest feeling to be like, holy shit, I can literally go on this website that anyone in the country can just pop on and people, thousands of people probably do every single day. Like it, it's just so cool.
1: It's very cool, and I—I I truly, I'm not just like being whatever about it. I really did not think that I would get into it. Like, I really thought I was going to submit this application, and they were going to be like, "How cute this girl is working in her closet <laughs> on hats!" Like, hard pass. Um, so, if I can do it, literally anyone can do it. And I love that. Maybe the next step is we get your planner in there. All right,
0: let's go. <laughs> yeah, I've so actually this is something I did want to talk to you about. So. I know that um like you're a great example of this. Also, I think of my friend Maddie Eber. Do you know Maddie? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like this Charlotte small business community is very small. Everyone has to know each other. I think about you guys, and and there are so many like local shops in Charlotte that like small businesses like you guys have stuff in. And I'm always like, damn, I should really put the pedal to the metal and try and get the planner into some of these places. So how does that process work for you? Yes. Do most places just kind of like have you apply or for anyone who w- would want to get product into a shop, AKA me, and I guess other people who are listening, what does that <laughs> process look like?
1: Yeah, I, we can make that happen. That is very happy. All
0: right. Um, we'll talk about it later, <laughs> okay.
1: but basically I would recommend like putting together like a product book, which is basically like, would be like for you, like your pitch deck, but like it without the planner and then emailing like emailing stores that you want to be in. And there's like on a larger scale, there's like platforms that you can onboard to. So like fair is a really popular that like stores use nationally and internationally to buy product. And you can list your products on there and find sellers and like, kind of like build your book of business. Okay. Um, But for local shops, I would recommend like reaching out directly and basically telling them a little bit about like yourself, your business, your like value prop, and then what you think would fit in for them and like, why. Right. Um, the other thing is wholesale pricing is generally 50% of whatever your list price is, which I think is important. um And right. no going in like a lot of people when they start, you know, like you're, you're pricing things pretty conservatively. And so I would like encourage everybody just to think about that when you're thinking about wholesale. Right.
0: Exactly. Um, that makes sense.
1: But yeah, in Charlotte, I think uh, the community is amazing. And that's like one huge benefit of being a maker here is that Charlotte is very, very passionate about small businesses. Seriously, yeah. And to that point, (laughs) we just opened a new store in Camp North End called Locay, which is in Hygge, which is like in the mountain area. And that has at this point, I think 23 small businesses from Charlotte. So there's like a huge variety of things that you can come shop. And I think those are good places for small businesses to look to. Think about where in your area is actively trying to be part of your small business community.
0: Right. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen the new shop online and I just haven't had a time to get down there yet. But I'm really excited because it seems like there are a lot of, I've seen a lot of things and I'm like, I need that, I need that, I need that. So I'm kind it'll of scared destroy, to go in It'll there.
1: destroy your wallet, but it yeah. is, it'll amplify your life.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a fair trade, I'll take it. <laughs> so to kind of wrap this up, I would love to hear if you had like, like, hey, I guess I have two questions. What would you say would be like the three hardest things about being a, a small business owner? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, how much time uh, do we oh, have? My, oh my
1: God. Oh my God. Everything is so hard, but it's also doable. So I think yeah. being a product based business, like figuring out how to either make it yourself on a scalable, like in a way that you can scale or finding the yeah. right. Also, please, please, please form a legal entity and hire someone to do yes. your taxes. Yeah, that's
0: that's a really important one, and no one thinks about that until they're like, "Oh shit, tax time! What do I do?" Right, like SOS. you Yeah, immediately. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I also I
1: like this isn't necessarily like a hard thing, but this is something that I would I wish that somebody had told me is just pay for the tools that you need. Like just yeah. pay. Them. It's never going to be cheaper or easier for you to look at a stack of receipts and try to figure out what they belong to, <laughs> than if you just buy the system that tracks everything you buy. Yep, but that's something that I I have been bad about in the past is thinking, oh, I don't I don't have to use that. I can figure it out in a different way that I don't have to pay for something. And like, worth it, it is just not worth it. <laughs> please, please just pay for the tools. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I would agree. And, and actually to add on to that, I think one thing that is very important that I learned being a small business owner was like outsourcing. So, I mean, that's a great example of it, but even other things like, you know, I'm... I think about product photography. So like I mm-hmm. photograph people, I came from a photography background, but like product photography, for some reason, I can never do it the way that I want it. So mm-hmm. I, for the planner, it's, it seems so weird, but I paid a photographer as a photographer to take these shots. Cause she special specializes in product photography. And I was like, these were, I think I paid her $40 an image, which is very fair. And she did a thousand times better than I could have done. That was like, you know, that saved me time, saved me frustration, saved me money. And you got what you needed from it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, better um, than what I expected. I signed
1: on with a monthly, basically like a monthly retainer for a product photographer a couple of months ago. And yeah. I, every time she sends me pictures, I'm like, why did I not do this five years yep. ago? truly, absolutely painless. It's worth the money. She's yep. so good. She's so creative. It's just worth it. Please pay for the things that you need. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tools, outsourcing, whatever it is. Yes. There's, there's a lot that you can do, but what do you excel at and what do other people do better than you do? Let them do it. <laughs> right, and,
1: and like value your time or, you know, think about the value of your right. time is it worth the, to me, when I think about product photography, can I take a usable image? Yes. Is it going to be as good as hers? No, but <laughs> it is also going to take me six hours to do it and I'm going to yep. be really mad. And then I will eventually pay someone to do it anyway, because I hate what I ended up with.
0: And then you so just wasted waste all, all that time,
1: that whole process yep. and get straight to the, yeah,
0: <laughs> work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay. And then, yeah, my last question for you, like, one solid just piece of advice anyone listening who is building a small business what's your what's your strongest piece of advice for them
1: uh just go for it I think like so many people building you think about like product or a person or like getting on a podcast or whatever like this is my first podcast really this my first ever podcast yes oh my gosh I'm um, honored and I feel so special. To- you can talk yourself out of doing anything if you think about it long enough. So like, just stop and just do it.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, that. that's, it's funny. Cause I asked this question to a lot of people and so many people say the same thing. If I never took that first step, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like you just got to dive into it. Or even like, or even like the 75th step, like. This year
1: when I was like, oh, maybe I should do a beanie for winter instead of like baseball hats, right? Like never made a beanie before, like a month ago. And I have been completely sold out of beanies since like the second
0: day I launched them. So I was just going to say, I haven't even seen the beanies <laughs> yet, but I need to see the beanies. <laughs>
1: so like, if you don't, you know what I mean? It's, it's very easy to talk yourself out of trying something new or trying yeah. something different or like making something that's a little bit off the rails from what you usually make, but you don't know what your bestseller will be. So like, please just do it. Just try yeah. it.
0: Yes, I love that. So, to end it off on that note, that was a beautiful piece of advice that I hope everyone takes. So, for anyone who is just learning about you and your business for the first time, where can they find you? Feministgoods.com or Feminist Goods Co on Instagram.
1: And TikTok. My TikTok, but I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I have some personal work to do on that.
0: <laughs> I was actually curious about it when I was like getting everything prepared for today. I scrolled all the way to the bottom of your website and I was like, oh my gosh, she has a TikTok. And I was like, look at this. So I, I'm glad you're on there. It takes, it takes time. It's a lot. I'm trying. I'm trying. We'll get there. That's, yeah. I mean, look at you took your own advice. You took the first step. I did. I did the thing now we just need to blow it up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, so you guys can follow her on Instagram, but I mean, go follow her on TikTok too so we can just start blowing this up ourselves I, right now. I did girl up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. I'm glad we finally got to actually have a face face-to-face conversation. I, I, we got to hang out. Yay! I know. I know. I'm ready. So, yeah, we'll we'll have to figure something out soon, but thank you so much for being here. And I hope that everyone got something very valuable out of this. I know every time I have conversations with small business owners, I'm like making a mental list in my head of all the shit I want to go try now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: I love leaving these conversations feeling inspired and I hope that everyone else does too. So yeah, thank you so much for being here and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I hope you love this episode. Don't forget to give us a review and also give us a follow on social media. You can find us at KBOUSK, K B O U S Q, and at your social mate, S O U L, show me. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time.